0: And we're live, and welcome to episode 126 of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. You're... gentlemen welcome i'm john deconti keeping the driver's seat warm for our buddy al carl who's off doing grown-up things we're here to take you through the week that was and preview a big upcoming week of wrestling action powered as always by the easter observer you can taste that power Here with me staying up late across the pond is our expert on all things uk and soon to be all of europe gary meheffy gary how are things tonight
1: not too bad. I do think that once once I become king of Europe, I really do think I'm going to have to kind of push for an upgrade here or something, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, sure
0: the crown's already in the work, I'm sure. Oh, that's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And with us, as always, is our resident NXT guru. And number four, John
2: Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I always Brown, how are with you this evening. Doing good, man. Still rocking my Jets. We're playing for first place this week. Hopefully, I'll be wearing this again next week. Knock on wood. Knock on pressed balsa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Laminated particle board. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh On tonight's show, we've got uh, Temper Temper for the blue chipper on Raw. Smackdown kicked off their World Cup and gave us a heavy hint as to where War Games is headed on the men's side of thing we got an Impact Plus special headed our way this Friday to pick. And AEW will main event the show as they're prepared to deliver full gear on pay-per-view. And we'll tell you how we see things panning out. But NXT will kick us off again with uh, last week's women's tag title match. And two big title defenses coming up tonight for us to pick. And of course, our picks are sponsored by... Seriously, there it is. ProWrestlingPickem.com. Do 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 Play against your friends. Play against the universe. And fellas, she'll like it too. All right, let's get into things for this week. We will start with the. I know the raw roll-up graphics are here somewhere. Here we go. Start the show with a four-roll-up lead for AEW mm-hmm. on Raw. And let's get back to this one right here. All right, let's uh let's jump into NXT. So last week there was a big main event women's tag title match. John
2: Smith, tell us how it all worked out. Yeah, we had uh Nikita Lyons and Zoe Starr challenging Case, no, Katana Chance, <laughs> yeah, do and it every Hayden week. Carter, right? No, uh. Caden Carter, yes, sir. Caden Carter, okay. Sorry, I st- they've been around for like two years and Carter hasn't changed their name, and I still can't get it right. <laughs> it's the fact that Casey
0: they felt the need
2: to change Casey that makes me,
0: you know, think twice about it every time I start typing their names
2: exactly. So, you know, this one was kind of uh, a little botchy, a little choreographed looking. I, I'm not gonna lie, I expect more out of the NXT women's division. Um, you know, it. And it ended with, uh, with with Carter and Chance doing their their uh, 450 slash neckbreaker finishing move. There wasn't much to speak of going on in the middle of this match. It was, you know, it was your typical face on face action. You know, you know no, no underhanded tactics going on, and uh, you know. But the the real story here is after the fact, Zoe and Nikita hand the titles over to the champions. After the bell is all it has rung, but Zoe's kind of faking a little bit, handing hers over, and then all of a sudden she whack hits Nikita Lyons with the belt, comes off the ropes, hits her with the with the baseball sliding kick slash knee thing she does, and the crowd chants Zoe's angry, and she says, "Yes, I am." As the <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that was a nice touch by the NXT
0: faithful there oh so we is a <laughs> uh yeah so uh, that, that's I, I guess that passes for a heel turn these days so uh, we'll see where that's headed uh, those two are gonna I'm sure gonna get at it maybe not necessarily this week at least it's not it's not in the Twitter feed just yet uh, also last week we had scripts show up again with another cryptic message. Seems like he or she will be there soon because this time, instead of leaving a voicemail or spray painting the front of the building, it appeared on the monitors in the arena in between matches. So hopefully we'll get a payoff to that sooner rather than later. Also in terms of in-ring action, La Madrina. Electra Lopez made her in-ring debut, uh, beating Sol Ruka with her electric shock finisher. Basically, she just grabbed her skull and then hit a sit-out powerbomb. But, once again, what's important is what happened afterwards. Electra made her TV re-debut by attacking Indy after a match the week before. Maybe it was two weeks prior. Well, Indy returned the favor, attacking Electra after this match. Uh, Backstage, she ran into Roxy Perez. Indy did. And Roxy was kind of like, hey, what's going on with you? You're... You seem to have changed. What's going on here? And Indy explained, if you're chasing titles, you can't have friends, and basically blew her off. I wouldn't be surprised to see Indy and Roxy go at it, Indy and Electra go at it. But for this week, we're getting Indy and Tatum Paxley. Uh, So, John Smith, how do you see this one turning out?
2: I like the new Indy. I think she's going to take this one. It looks like she's uh, angling herself towards – you know, possibly a title shot, which she surprisingly hasn't received in the past two and a half, three years that she's been there. Absolutely. Maybe even longer. I think she's like really old school and just it took her a while to get up onto the main. Sure, sure. Uh, Gary, how do you see it? Uh, Indy and Tatum.
1: Yeah, I'm with John on that one. I think that they are. They're setting Indy up for something big. And I think this is just to give her kind of give her another that to keep her moving.
0: I like it. Uh, Yeah, I agree with both of you gents. I think Indy will take this one and I'm excited to see where she's headed because I support Indy wrestling. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: We had Andre Chase backstage with Thea Hale and Duke Hudson. Duke uh, apologized for last week, said it was a teachable moment. He will be out there this week to uh, just support Chase U. That leads us to Andre Chase taking on Charlie Dempsey. Gary, tell us all about it, buddy.
1: This is definitely the winner's me, this one. Big Charlie back again. <laughs> um, after I me, mean, Dempsey hits a snap mirror and the shoulder tackle and, it, and there's a lot of good offense by by Dempsey. Now, I will say that Andre Chase, when he closed line Dempsey outside of the ring, you had Thea Hale doing her best scrappy-do impression, having to be held back. I mean, she really is like Lemmy Adam, very <laughs> very much looking to get in there, but Duke Hudson holding her back. And um, Dempsey had a lovely Northern Light suplex and got the wrist lock, but but Chase escaped. Um, but we then got Andre Chase hit his Garvin Stomp or his Chase U kicks. But when Dempsey locks in the ankle lock, he then had a low Hudson said he was just going to stand on the outside. He did his best, Helen Hart impression, and threw in the tile eventually on the second go goal um, to, to give up the match. And I will say, once he went back into the ring, and Andre Chase was saying, but I didn't I didn't do anything. What happened? Duke Hudson was still giving Thea Heal the eye behind uh, Andre's back. Like, they're still playing out. But even though he's going on, he's still like. Phew. um But, say, it's another good layer of the story. Yes. And a big Charlie wins. Definitely I'm a, I'm winners. A on.
0: I'm a little late to the punch there. But, yes, we got uh that one did Gary very happy last week, I'm sure. Okay. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's headed with that one. Just what kind of games Duke Hudson is actually playing here. Uh, we had stacks in action last week. He uh, took on former security guard, Hank Walker stacks. Uh, he, he jammed a thumb into the eye and attempted to roll up, but Walker kicked out of it. But with Walker still on his hands and knees stacks, dropped the knee to the back of the head. It kind of looked like a stomp only did it with his, with his knee and not his, uh, not his foot, and he got the one, two, three. So stacks staying in the win column. Uh, then we had uh, what actually kicked off the show was this one final time match that we had been hearing about for more than a week between Joe Gacy and Cameron Grimes. John Smith, how'd your board Grimy do?
2: Grimy didn't do too well because Gacy came out with three other people with him with the Dyad, <laughs> also yeah. known as the Schism, also known as. Ava Rain, and I still can't remember their names. I'm not going to even go there. So <laughs> Cameron Grimes comes out like a ball of fire. He's, you know, beating Gacy all over the ring. Gacy has one nice little counter move, which was a uh, hip toss into a neck breaker, which, which, re- which looked really nice. But uh, Grimes went back on the offensive. We go to commercial, come back, and all of a sudden Grimes is in a headlock. So, um Gacy's got him for a while, and then Grimes with the big comeback. He does a nice big um, crossbody off the top rope, then a Poison Rana, and he's setting something up to go to the moon, and Gacy rolls out of the ring. The dyad comforts him, but Grimes bounces off the ropes and dives over the top with a somersault and takes out all three of them, but not Ava Rain. He rolls Gacy back into the ring, Gets up to the apron, climbs up to the top rope to do something, but Averine throws him off the top rope with a big hand of the butt. <laughs> then we get uh, the springboard upside down clothesline from Gacy for the one, two, three. You know, it seems like unfinished business still for Grimes, but I hope he just, you know, puts that on the back burner and and goes forward with something else, and we can see the dyad go elsewhere as well because this one's run its course, I believe.
0: Yes, I have to agree. And uh, so shortly thereafter, we had a segment backstage where uh, Briggs and Jensen and Fallon Henley are in the bar. It's happy hour. Uh, We come to find Maybe they explained it earlier. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not paying attention to NXT as much as I should be. Apparently, it's Fallon Henley's family bar and uh, Kiana James and Giovanna enter. Kiana wants to uh, buy the bar. Fallon is not selling under any circumstances. Uh, I'm sure Kiana and or Giovanna will be jumping her and beating her up at some point. But as far as the former UK tag champs, tonight they will take on the inaugural UK tag champs, albeit in their reimagined state. And we're going to pick this one, Briggs and Jensen versus the Dyad, Fowler and Jagger. Oh, Gary, what do you think?
1: It's so uh, I was gonna say it's almost sort of coming out of nowhere. I would love to pick them because <laughs> the I do think that I mean I, I think they they are brilliant, but I do I can't see at the minute anything other than Brooks and Jensen keeping
0: it uh for now. righty. John Smith, how do you see this tag team matchup working out?
2: I think I'm gonna go the other way with it. I think um Ava Rain is gonna is gonna get involved, and then we're gonna end up maybe seeing a triple triple uh six six person tag the following week, or maybe just Fallon Henley versus Ava Rain. I think this is probably going to be the next little thing. It's I, It might be to get Ava Rain involved in the ring, you know, because you need her to actually wrestle somebody and not just push people off the top rope and, you know, wear a hoodie and hit people with, with things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to side with you on this
0: one. I think this is a good excuse eventually to get Ava in the ring and, Maybe not have to put her out there one-on-one against Fallon. Uh, like you said, maybe do a, a six-person uh, mixed tag. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Dyad, the Schism, whatever the hell you want to call them. I'm going to go with them taking it over the two hillbillies. Uh, then we had a backstage segment with uh, Core Jade uh, cutting a promo where she uh, called Wendy Chu desperate for friends. But told her that the next time she thinks about making them at her at Cora's expense, she should think twice about it. Well, we'll see what's coming down the line for them. Uh, then we had finally the payoff of the uh Damon Kemp and Brutus five minute, uh, you know, you just give me five minutes alone with them. Uh, it only lasted about two minutes and 45 because Brutus just said screw it and beat the hell out of him with a chair, got disqualified but this one wasn't about wins and losses. What it was about good call by John Smith last week was at the end, when the creeds came into the ring, ra- when brother creed came in to celebrate with other brother creed, we saw their next opponents in all likelihood, veer and sanga. They were on that riser in the crowd there and they kind of made eye contact, gave a couple of nods. Now the reunited Indushir are in action this week. I'm trying to think. We did not get word as to who they are facing, so I'm going to assume it is not the Creed's just yet. So we do have that to look forward to. Probably in action. Exactly.
1: Or what do they call them? An What's his name?
0: An <laughs> exactly. Ophian Blade, exactly. Uh, we also had another uh, Dijakovic vignette, although we don't have a name for him yet. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Power doesn't doesn't come from title or position. It comes from getting the entire world to cooperate and play by your rules. The ones who are forthcoming get a pass, but those who don't will be brought to justice. My form of justice. Hopefully we see him, and hopefully he's not the same as the, what what is it, scripts or whatever? Hopefully this is two different uh, uh, new people going to show up, be it new or technically old. Uh, then we also had a lax last week. We also had a backstage segment where Axiom runs into Nathan Fraser. Fraser had just come out of medical found out he won't be cleared for a few more weeks. Then JD McDonough showed up being a dick, which seems to be his thing these days. He has a, uh, he has some words back and forth. Uh, and then he would go out and have a match later on with Axiom tell us all about it gary
1: yeah and this is again if they want to have this match every week i will be more than happy um you had jd with a shoulder tackle axiom tried to pin him with a backslide but when he kicked when he got to the outside with a drop kick axiom had a great moonsault off the top rope and um, back inside the ring you had jd knocked out the boston crab but axiom broke it up by get getting to the ropes to break it up Um there was a lovely spot where JD went for the Moonsault off the top and Axiom caught him with a triangle. Um and then you had McDonald trying to escape with a power bomb, uh, but Axiom reversed ahead of Hurricane Rana. And eventually what we had, you had JD reverse the sleeper into a calf crusher or some sort of move like that. And the knee was twisted all the way to one side. I've seen Axiom do things like this before in the NXT UK, he must be very double jointed or have good flexibility. They moved it. I was quite surprised the ref just didn't call it off there in the end, but they had medical come in, look at him, and then said, no, you're done. And your winner by some sort of ref stoppage or medical stoppage or whatever it was, was big Mr. JDM.
0: <laughs> and then afterwards he grabbed the mic and he told anyone in the locker, he begged the locker room for someone to get on his level and specifically said he was looking at Apollo Cruz uh apollo cruz we found out later was off in nigeria doing some scouting uh, some talent scouting for the wwe but he reminded braun breaker that he doesn't have to look very far for the next nxt champion because apollo will be back soon and these two things come together dovetail very nicely as tonight we will be getting jd mcdonough and apollo cruz john smith how do you see this one working out
2: Nigeria must have a kick in Indy scene, huh, for him to be over there. <laughs> there. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, this one's tough. Uh, I, I'll i just say JD cheats to win, and this one keeps going weeks, but for a few weeks. You know. Makes sense. Program. Yeah. Gary, what say
0: you?
1: Yeah, I would say the same because they're kind of starting this one rolling. They're moving JD away from one thing and heading them towards – Apollo. And it's kind of like, it wouldn't make much sense to say, let's have the start of it. And Apollo just beat him clean. So I could, I would say the same JD will some sort of shenanigans and, um, beat him and take it.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. I, I agree with you, gents. I think McDonough gets it here and whether we get a second before we get to a rubber match or not, I, this sounds like a very good match that will probably make it to that deadline. Yeah. Uh, Paper or premium live event card <laughs> December the 10th. Uh, let's see. Last week we also had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams hanging in the barber shop. Uh, Mello points out that he's never he's lost the title twice, but he's never been pinned for his title. So enough with these latter matches. He's going to face Wesley one-on-one. Uh, Wesley was backstage with Mackenzie. He said he knows how good Mello is, but he's on a roll that not even Mello can stop. Well, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to see that, whether it's going to wait all the way to uh, December 10th for the deadline premium live event, but we're getting the contract signing for it tonight. It will be overseen by uh, Booker T. It will probably be mid-ring, and I'm sure nothing will go wrong with it.
1: <laughs>
2: no. speaking, oh, of he, sorry, speaking of Booker T, do they, does he under contract that he has to say shucky-ducky-quack-quack quack at least yeah. once? Each show because he'll just throw it in there when it doesn't even make sense. I thought it was him Googling at women, I thought that's what shucky ducky quack quack was, and then all of a sudden, like after a big random move, he'll just be shucky ducky quack quack. (laughs) Now, I haven't been
0: paying attention because I tend to be like uh, taking my notes, so like the laptop's in front of my face, and whatever's going on, sometimes I'm not watching on, I'm just listening to it on the TV do they still play the graphic when he does that that they used to do during, like, the pre-shows where, like, literally there were, like, rubber
2: duckies bouncing around the screen? I, I have no idea what you're talking about, actually. No, they don't do that. No, I, no. I, I'm not familiar with the pre-shows, really. Okay, so, yeah. They,
1: yeah, they they would have done it on the pre-shows, but as you say, I figure he must have, like, some sort of NXT bingo card. I mean, when they say random things, they get ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Vic Joseph, whoever, whoever loses, has to buy the drinks after the show or something like that.
0: That's a good point. You know what? Here's another, I've had this in my notes for like four weeks now. And I keep forgetting to bring it up to you guys. When the NCAA football season ends and Pat McAfee comes back, presuming he goes to SmackDown back uh, alongside Cole, who seems to love him. No. Do you think, and do you hope like I do that Wade goes back to NXT where he was very good alongside Vic Joseph. And hopefully that relieves us of Booker T because full respect for Booker T being the hall of famer that he is, but like 30 minutes on a pay-per-view pre-show was about as much of him as I can stand. Two hours a week is starting to get to me. What do you fellas think? Any idea? I mean, is there the rumor out there? Is it something that's just going to, you know, do we have any idea yet?
1: There's, there's bound to be something because obviously that they, they are in love with McAfee and he's great and they do want them back. So if he comes back, he'll definitely be in a big position. So I would assume something like that will happen, but,
2: I am thinking maybe McAfee comes back for some sort of um wrestling match mm-hmm. first like an angle like a big you know reappearance and then somebody's not cool with it like a Baron Corbin no he's already done that like okay. somebody like a Baron Corbin and um you know he, they they do that and then he eases his way back in maybe he starts you know Where, when, is off,
1: when is he up when is college foot? when's all that done uh, I'm not, not sure the done? rumble like or
0: yeah, well, yeah, the foot the NCAA season is over. Other than, I mean, by about New Year's Day, everything's over but the championship. So then, like a week or a week and a half later, the championship takes place. So by mid January, he's definitely going to be freed yeah. up.
1: Well, as you say, I mean, John, he could end up coming into the Rumble. And as you say, maybe somebody costs him some being in or does something and he has a match with them, reading the menu or something like that. You could be right there. So,
0: yeah, yeah that's a good point. We could see him back in ring before we see him ringside.
2: Because they they also have a little while to evaluate these guys too, like Booker T and and Wade, and maybe they want to keep them both eventually, which I know you wouldn't be cool with the Booker T thing, but like if they decided that maybe they move him to Raw, or maybe yeah. you know, he gets added to a show. Who knows? Could be. All
0: right. Yeah, I just had to, I had to get that out there because every week I see it in my notes and go, I forgot to bring that up again. All right, anyway. <laughs> um, so getting on to the two big matches tonight. So for the past couple of weeks, we have seen Alba fire, Alba fire, take out Gigi Dolan. Last week, she attacked JC Jane in the parking lot uh, of the mall while Mandy watched on FaceTime. It's all leading to tonight in what has been upgraded from not just an NXT women's title match, but a last woman standing match. NXT guru John Smith, Mandy Rose, your one-year-plus champion versus our former forever champion from across in the U.K. How do you see this one going?
2: I think that the stipulation keeps the door open for anything to happen, and I think that only benefits Mandy because she's the one with friends. And Maybe maybe Alba ends up with a friend some, somewhere, but I, I don't see this title coming off of Mandy yet. I'm gonna go with her retaining, all righty. Uh, Gary, what say you?
1: I'm gonna go the other way here to misquote the song.
0: Oh, we want
1: Alba Fire, right? We go. I, I do think, see, I, have, I can do everything and turn my hand to everything. we am useless at everything. Um, it's like I didn't know, I do think that I think that toxic attraction, as much as I do want them all to move up on one go. I think they are going to go back to main roster. And I think this will be the night for Alba to finally take the title.
0: Okay. Yeah. I've, I think I said this last time we had to pick a match with Mandy Rose in it. I've gotten it wrong so many times. Why stop now? <laughs> this will finally be the day where Mandy Rose's reign comes to an end. You, you heard it here first on, on random
2: episode of NXT. Come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, We do have
0: deadline coming up, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to press the gimmick button here, maybe, you know, like if you take the belts off of whomever in December, maybe they go right to the main roster for January. If you take it off of her here, you don't have to do two title changes on the same day. And then maybe she gets another shot at Alba and does the original, you know, put the, champ of the champ the new champ wins and then cements it by beating the old champ in a rematch and then that could be your deadline match i'm sure i'll be wrong again but that's how i see it.
2: i think what's more likely is mandy gets help to win today and then it ends up in a steel cage or something or a hell in a cell that would be fun the first ever nxt hell in a cell and it's a it's a women's match
0: yeah well you know Are what
2: get that thing in there though
0: <laughs> well remember uh at the end of the black and yellow era, they had the, the cage set up so that it came down like wings, like a DeLorean, you know, yeah, and, and it yeah, yeah around it. So they can do it in that building, apparently. Uh, so because you kind of uh led me into it, I will remind myself to tell the world that Shawn Michaels has a huge statement about the deadline premium live event tonight. So maybe that has something to do with it. And then the last thing we have to talk about in terms of NXT, we had a Grayson Waller effect segment last week with Braun Breaker and Von Wagner, and he had Mr. Stone along with him. Words got heated. Wagner and Breaker did a little huff and puff, got almost nose to nose, but wound up not throwing hands. But they're going to throw them tonight, gents. We've got Braun Breaker, your NXT champion, defending against Neanderthal man himself, Von Wagner. Gary, what do you say?
1: I think B squared is going to take it. It has to be said. I think, bro, that they've set. I mean, they've done a good job actually making Von Wagner look like he's sort of on that level. But I think this is just set up for Braun Breaker to to run through John
0: Smith, how about you?
2: Wasn't B squared Bull Buchanan when he was with John Cena? Yeah, yeah, Braun Breaker's going to. You know, yeah, no, no. I'm, you know, I was going to say, like, oh, it's not for points, and I think Vaughn has a chance. No, no, Braun's, Braun's going to
0: take it. Yeah, I think I'm with both of you gents. I don't think, you know, I think if, when Braun, you know, I was ready for Braun to drop it to one of the UK guys because I knew it was just going to be a fantastic match. But quite frankly, Von Wagner hasn't proved to me that he can have a really good match yet. He's not terrible, but his matches are... He's not going to get carried by Braun. It's not going to be a fantastic match. You'd think when Braun finally drops it, it's going to be in a match that makes you say, holy bleep, this ain't that. So I'm going to say Braun retains and uh, rolls through the deadline with that title intact. All right, that's going to take us over to SmackDown. And last week they kicked off the show with the, uh, the match that the whole week was leading up to. This was the Usos and the New Day for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, knowing that the Usos were right up against that record of the New Day, that 483 days. I think they were at like 481 or so. So by the time, if, you know, win, lose, or draw, by the next time we saw everybody in a ring, the Usos, if they retained, would be the new title holders, record holders, excuse me.
2: John Smith, tell us how this one worked out. Well, they did this one right, man. There was no, no, um, excuse me. There was no Sammy. There was, there was no solo. It was just two, one, two, the way it should be. You know, the first, this went three segments, you know, as far as like commercial breaks are concerned. And, uh, you know, the first two were just like clean, awesome tag team wrestling. And then the third one is the third segment is where everything just broke down. And, you know, we saw a, um, What's their finisher called? The train, midnight train to Georgia?
0: Midnight hour.
2: (laughs) Midnight (laughs) hour? Midnight hour on the outside to to Jimmy. And then they went in and um, hit double super kicks on Jay. And then Jimmy just got in there in time to break that up. Um, The Usos hit their double splash and Xavier Woods kicked out of it. It wasn't a save, which was pretty cool. Um, they hit the midnight hour on the inside of the ring, and that got broken up also. Um, then we, we had the two of the, the two teams that a face off at like 20 minutes into the match, and started just beating the crap out of each other again. Um, then we get uh, a blind tag that Kofi didn't see or Xavier Kofi didn't see, and they take the advantage in the corner. They're about to do a superplex, but they got pushed off. But then Co- Kofi comes off with. I don't even know what he was trying to do, but he gets one deed out of midair for the one, two, three. And the Usos get their respect. They get what they deserve because I honestly, truthfully, I've been saying it since before this podcast. I think they're the greatest tag team of all time. I love them. And I think they're even better than when I started saying it. So, you know, good for you, Usos.
0: And and this matchup has helped make both of them. And it's only right that these two would have, put that show on that almost 25 minute banger of a match. And it was, you know, so whoever was going to win it was going to be the tag champs and hold the record. Whoever was going to lose it was going to be in second place and they'll be linked forever as rightly they should be, because this is what, you know, we, we have a lot of us, especially me bitch a lot about WWE repeating matches. This is one. I never roll my eyes when I see repeated because it's never a bad match. Word. So the Usos go back to the Bloodline locker room. They get a little uh, congrats from Roman, who mentions that he needs them later on that evening. Now that segment, of course, because it's Roman, would take place five minutes before the end of the show and would would mm-hmm. main event instead of a match. They went back out. Uh, he started. He was just about, I think, to I think what Ro- the the whole setup was. Roman was going to say. I acknowledge you guys as the greatest tag champs of all time or something like that. He was about to finally heap some praise on them. And those bastards, the brawling brutes interrupted the whole thing. Uh, With the returning Seamus, they made their way to the ring. The fight is on, but it's four on three because Sammy's not there. And Drew McIntyre comes out and he makes it four on four and they brawl to the end of the show Giving us an idea that this is probably, when you add Sammy, this is what your men's war game is probably going to be, war games match. Gary, can you think of another gentleman with international flavor that is on the roster or that perhaps we haven't seen in a while that could get added to the Brutes and Drew McIntyre team to make this a five-on-five, someone that I'm not thinking of, apparently? (laughs) Shanky. (laughs)
1: um no I was yeah I was thinking because obviously I mean the the easy money we'd smart money would say oh yeah Kevin Owens obviously if he's got his injury whatever if he's not going to be there you could put a couple of people in to make something in one night but what I would love to see and it would be one of those as you say when when you when you'd message me earlier on you said about maybe you know thinking I thought yeah what if it was somebody from outside the states what if it was somebody who could you bring in to make it one night but who could they bring in the audience we know and get and really get behind Ilya dragon if you just from left field if you really needed somebody to just say come in make a statement like and then send them for so Co. or something like that and really go for that feud and just have the two of them beat the tar out of each other a few matches that would be so Ilya dragon let's go him
2: that would be pretty special john smith you have any ideas about it or I, had, I mean, Elias sounds more plausible than the only thought I had, which was uh, Walter or Gunther mm. doing like a friend of your a friend of, or an enemy of my enemy yeah. is my friend kind of thing, which he's not really enemies with with Roman just yet, but he wants his title, I'm sure. Um, so I'd love to see Gunther get involved yeah. in that when then he has to get then he has to lose a match. Yeah. Not not necessarily, though, because this isn't for titles or anything, so nobody's losing any titles. All right, so,
0: Gary, with that, we will let you finally get to sleep. We appreciate Mm -hmm. you staying up late with us once again and uh, hanging out with us for the first portion of this show, and we will do it all again next week and all like this. Yes,
1: I shall see you then. Have a good one, gents. Enjoy.
0: All righty.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All right, now let me fix things here. Take that out. You already
2: fixed things by getting rid of the dead weight just now. (laughs) Comment.
0: (laughs) I will take the heat for that one, Gary, if anybody has anything to say. (laughs) I was (laughs) scuffed from the nose. Naturally.
2: See you later, Gary.
0: (laughs) I swear I didn't know he was doing that when I pressed
2: the (laughs) button. I think he called me a word, too.
0: <laughs> well, well, we didn't hear that, and we will promise that uh, Joey didn't uh,
2: No, it. I think I did hear, but I'm not going to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on in SmackDown. Uh, let's see. We had uh, L.A. Knight backstage with uh, Mega Morantz. Bray Wyatt interrupted to say that uh, he sees the rage in L.A. Knight because he has it, too, and I guess he was trying to make some common ground with him, but uh, L.A. Knight did his... His Max Dupree thing, where he became a close talker, and he got a little too close to Bray, and Bray headbutted him. So look for something to come out of that uh, in the future between the two of them. That and that will be fun.
2: That will be a fun feud, but uh, I think this is just a passing, two ships passing kind of yeah.
0: situation. <laughs> this is just for a segment, just for a moment, and maybe to come back around in the future somewhere. Uh, let's see. Our World Cup kicked off, which last week. Because, once again, I hadn't been paying close enough attention. I wasn't sure. Turns out the reason why Gunther was in the graphic before we knew exactly who was even in the tournament, we knew it was an eight-man tournament. Gunther was in the graphic because the winner of this tournament, who's going to win the World Cup, is going to then get a shot at the Intercontinental Champion. So it kicked off with uh, Santos Escobar beating Shinsuke Nakamura after some distractions from Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild, mostly being distracted by Joaquin Wild because he was dressed like Pee Wee Herman. Uh, but Escobar got an Avalanche Phantom driver for the win. Uh, then later, Ricochet, who's also in the tournament, found out that he drew Mustafa Ali in the first round. Gunther showed up backstage during his segment when Ricochet was talking to Kayla and Gunther told Ricochet to fight with all his heart because he would love to beat him again. Roll that forward to this week. We're going to see that first round match, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. John Smith, what do you say?
2: That one's, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, Mustafa Ali is involved in other things right now and on another show. And on the show, so I'm going to go with Ricochet winning, possibly clean, or maybe somebody comes in and interferes with uh, with uh Ali. But, you know, I think we're on a crash course for a four-way U.S. title match at, at Survivor Series.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you might be absolutely right there. I am going to also go with uh, Ricochet. Like we said, Mustafa Ali's got things going on on a different show. It's going to be a good, really good match as the two of them can really go. So that will make it uh, make us very happy. But I think Ricochet moves on.
2: Is Ricochet the um, uh, American representative? I suppose he would be, yeah. I think everybody's got an actual country, like a flag underneath there.
0: Right, right, yeah. And the graphics, which I do not have uploaded here. But, yeah, they, they have been representing these gents with their flags behind them. Uh, okay. We also had, uh, we had a six pack challenge last week to see who gets, uh, to lose to Ronda at survivor. I mean, face Rhonda at survivor series. And who came out of that? It was Liv Morgan. It was Sonya Deville. It was Shotzi, Lacey Evans, Zaylee, Lee, and Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi would hit the never wake up on Lacey while everybody else was outside the ring, beating the hell out of each other. And there was an ugly spot with raquel and live that turned out to be no harm done thank god uh but afterwards emma would approach shotzi and congratulate her Shayna baszler would put her two cents in and tell shotzi all she did was win a broken arm or ankle uh when shotzi told Shayna that she wasn't afraid of ronda and she thought she could beat ronda ronda kind of showed up over her shoulder Startled Shotzi a little bit, and when Shotzi turned around to face Rhonda, Shayna choked Shotzi out. So roll that forward to two this week, and we're going to get Shotzi facing Shayna Baszler. John Smith, what do you think?
2: Mm, this has raw roll-up written all over it for Shotzi. <laughs> Shayna is way at the top of that list in
0: terms of roll-up victims, so. You may be absolutely correct. I'm going to go the other way since it's not for points and just say that the Ronda-Shayna thing will keep rolling. You know, they're going to be like destroyers in the women's division for a little while. But I can absolutely uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to put a loss on someone who's going for a title shot. Yeah, you're probably right. Shots, you'll probably take it. Okay, we had a scheduled match between B-Fab and Zelina Vega. And, of course, BFAB came out with the rest of Hit Rose. Zelina Vega came out with the rest of Legato. Well, that match never happened because the Viking Raiders and Sarah Logan made their glorious return. Valhalla was here, and everyone got the crap beat out of them except Zelina Vega, who escaped through the crowd. Uh, And continuing with the World Cup, we're going to get another first-round matchup. Sami Zayn, who's been missing for a little while, he is going to face Butch. John Smith, how do you see this one working out?
2: Um, we don't have the brackets, right? They, they're not telling us what the brackets are. Like, we don't know who's facing who in the second round, right?
0: Exactly. We've got but, Santos in the second round already, and I'm about to tell you that Braun Beach under Mahal in a squash match, but we don't know who's getting the Ricochet Mustafa winner, and we don't right. know who's getting the Sammy Butch winner. <laughs>
2: gotcha um this this is a tough one too because it's also Brawling brutes versus bloodline like you, you figure neither of them are gonna end up in the finals right. you know uh because they got the other stuff going on with each other could could we see a double count yeah, probably not um flip the coin <laughs> butch. Okay.
0: Yeah. Th- this is one that I, you know, you said double count. I can see a double count out. I can see a double DQ with the, you know, the other members getting involved and causing it just a big melee and, you know, somebody getting a buy into, in which case it would probably be Braun Strowman, let's say getting a buy into the finals or something like that. So I'm going to say if we get a winner here, it'll be Sammy because he's just so hot with the crowd, but Yeah, I I don't know that we necessarily even will get uh, a winner out of this one, but I'll go with Sammy. All right, that will do it for SmackDown. Let's go to last night on Raw, where we started off the show with Seth Rollins in the ring, talking about how he has elevated the U.S. championship to be the title on Monday night. Bobby Lashley interrupts and says he won't stop coming until he gets that U.S. title back. Mustafa Ali interrupts and Lashley tells him get out of here before I hurt you you know you don't want to be involved in this this between me and Seth as soon as Bobby and Mustafa kind of locked in on each other for the second week in a row Seth kind of withdrew himself from the uh, action and got himself the hell out of there and it led to a Lashley and Mustafa Ali match tell us how this one worked out John Smith
2: well, it went a lot longer than one would expect. You know, I only got a little respect uh, out of it. But, um, you know, he started off the match by kicking Lashley into the corner with a, like a double front drop kick, then goes for the Irish whip, and then gets just thrown over the top rope and onto the outside. And then he gets fireman's carried into the post, and thrown over the table, all this stuff. Uh, we get back in the ring, and you know, he's able to to hulk up a little bit before getting swatted back down with a spear after he hit something off the top rope or over the rope. And then Lashley just came, like, it wasn't no selling. It was just like your stuff just doesn't do much to me. You know, he still, he still did the proper amount of selling, but, yeah. but Bobby was basically no selling everything Mustafa Ali did and ended up pinning him with the or not pinning him with the spear. He put him in the, uh, he put him in the hurt lock. For, uh, and he passed out so at least he didn't tap but yeah. there was no way he was getting there was no fight involved once he was in the heart lock he was just sleep time
0: yeah it was all over but the shouting at that point uh okay now i'm gonna fast forward through the two longest matches of the night which i feel terrible for doing but the, the way they tie together it's the matches themselves weren't quite as important <laughs> as the the thread between them Uh, So Austin Theory started out backstage with Kathy Kelly saying how no one understands the pressure he's under because of the huge expectations. Dolph Ziggler stuck his nose in, said, "Uh, I tried to impart some knowledge on you, buddy, but you just didn't want to listen. Theory said he's tired of being spoken down to and wants to talk about it in the ring. So Dolph Ziggler and Austin Theory went at it. Uh, they had a really, really good 15-minute match where Theory kicked out of the Famouser, kicked out of the ZigZag. Uh, he hit A-Town down and probably could have gotten the win, but he decided he was pissed off and went for another A-Town down, jumped into full mount, started raining down blows, and the referee kind of like shoved him off. Didn't call for an end there, though, uh, so he took him out to the outside, beat the hell out of him some more. Eventually, they called for the DQ and... Like a half dozen refs and agents had to pull him off. Uh, So we go backstage uh, and Mia Yim and the OC are there with Kathy Kelly. Now AJ mentions that he's challenging Finn to a one-on-one at Survivor Series. Then they check in with Finn before he goes out in the main event to face Seth Rollins for the U.S. championship. And he says, of course, I'm going to uh, accept AJ's Survivor Series Challenge. But tonight's not about that. It's all about the United States Championship. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor go out and have a hell of a match. 19 minutes into it or so, the Judgment Day comes to ringside uh, for a distraction. But about a minute later, the OC and Mia Yim come down and neutralize them. but. When it uh it all leads to Rollins hitting the stomp and getting the win. But afterwards, like immediately afterwards, Austin Theory is back in the ring on top of Rollins, and he's cursing and screaming as he beats the hell out of him. Uh and continue, he hits A-Town down, he continues to beat on him uh to the outside, back to the inside, A-town down uh-huh. again, blasts Rollins with the US title. And the show ends with Theory standing over Rollins holding the U.S. title up. So we know where he wants to go next. Not sure when we'll see it, but, uh, you know, the the thread that holds all that together is Austin Theory and his temper. And, you know, maybe he's done with the whole Golden Boy routine and he's ready to get back down to business because now he's pissed off.
2: You know what that, that promo he did when he was interviewed in the backstage, it was awesome and it made so much sense. Yes. Like I've tried to catch in twice. Then first it was Brock, then it was Tyson Fury. He's always got the bloodline around. You know what I'm trying to do is basically impossible. So why not go after a different title with it? And you know, that's that's good, that's a good explanation, Kfabe. And it's also good on the back end of it, with like you know, behind the scenes, like you know that he wasn't going to beat um, Roman for either title. Yeah. You know, they weren't. It was. You're not going to come out and say, "I only challenge you for one title." While you're down, you know, like obviously, you're going to challenge for both. He's not going to win the the undisputed title. So this was a good way to just like get that, you know, dead weight not dead weight, but get that like you know thing that's been holding him in a certain area off of him. Now he can go and do whatever. Angle, They've got him because, you know, it's going to be at least a few years before he he sniffs a heavyweight championship, but he could be an intercontinental or U.S. champion multiple times and have very, very good like letters, ladder, ladder style matches with people and multiple man matches. So, you know, I, I think this is good for him.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it got rid of the distraction that carrying around that briefcase was for him. And it also it and doubly so it also helped to continue what Rollins was saying in the beginning of the show, elevating that US title, the fact that it was the US title that he went after, making the US title the title on Raw, which of course is only because they haven't figured out what to do with the world titles and get them a world title again. But it helps. So yes, I completely agree with you, and I think you made an excellent point, sir. Uh, later on, we had Matt Riddle backstage with Kathy Kelly. When Chad Gable interrupted, he said, he's going to do to Riddle what Otis did last week to Elias and they were going to fight about it. So how did it work out? Uh,
2: it's always fun with these two in the ring. Cause they know, especially Gable knows exactly you know, where everyone is at all times. And you know, he's just so fluid. Um, Otis got involved at the beginning and got kicked off by Riddle um, you know, we got I I forget exactly. I'm sorry, but you, you know what the problem was is Hulu deleted my freaking recording again, and when I went back to rewatch it, I could only watch it on YouTube. Nah. It was like their clips of stuff, so uh it ended with uh you know a lot of reversals in the middle of the ring where Gable ended up with a with a backslide yes. putting his feet on the bottom ropes, and Otis. Holding the back of his heels, and you know that he's not going anywhere with that tree trunk hooked onto his heels. Riddle loses by uh, deceitful means, but you know it's it's a good that's a big win for Gable.
0: Yeah, absolutely, especially the way you know I mean Riddle's been without Randy there, he's not. At the tippy tippy top, but he's been hovering right around that top level. You know, the, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him go back at the U.S. title before long. And so yeah, so that that is a big one for Gable. And it uh, backstage again, uh, Gable was again gloating and like I, what I love about Gable is that he's so good at doing the cheesy funny stuff. You know, like multiple times, he's been like, you see the way we beat them one-on-one? And if they were to team up, I mean, come on, to go against the Alpha? Well, you can almost bet that you're going to see that next week or maybe the week after. So, You know uh,
2: know what's was fun during that match when they were going back and forth with the hits? Yay, boo, yay, boo. He was shushing when everybody else was booing. It was like, yay, shush, yay, shush.
0: (laughs) He's just so (laughs) He's so damn entertaining. It just makes it makes me mad thinking about how long he was chasing the 24 title or sitting and catering, because the fact that he's been kind of there almost every week for the last however many months it's been, he is endlessly entertaining. Yeah, he is. OK, so we had uh, JBL and Baron Corbin playing cards backstage. They ran off some guy when they bankrupted him. Uh, Kira Tozawa sat down and wanted to play. Claimed he didn't know how to play poker, and then yeah. a couple, of sec- couple of segments later, we checked back in and he had completely uh, cleaned out Baron Corbin. Uh, but then Corbin tried to cheat, which Tozawa said, you know, they needed to fight about. So they went to the ring and they fought about it. And surprise, surprise, in three and a half minutes. Uh Corbin uh, Tazawa was actually getting the best of the match for most of it until he tried some kind of top rope maneuver and literally got caught coming off the top rope by Corbin and he swung him around, hit the end of days. One, two, three. Corbin gets the win. Uh, then we had uh, the whole Ms. TV segment where Ms came out dressed like Mr. Rogers because he wanted everyone's sympathy. Johnny Gargano called him out for you know more BS lines. It led to uh, back and forth, back and forth. What's going to settle this whole thing is in two weeks' time, Gargano, or not Gargano, Miz is going to face Dexter Loomis. And if Miz beats Loomis, I guess he's in the clear. If he doesn't, he has to pay him, which nobody cares about. But more importantly, Dexter Loomis will get that WWE contract that he's been trying to get. Because remember, throughout all of this, Dexter Loomis is technically unemployed. And last night he was, uh, I guess, getting some side work as a cameraman because he put down the camera, took off his balaclava and scared the hell out of Miz, who ran right out of his cardigan sweater and (laughs) ran up the aisle like, I I, I don't even like, like a sitcom character or like a cartoon character, you know, running across water
2: it didn't even look like he i don't think he looked back he was just like i need to looking back might slow me down half a step so i'm just going as
0: fast as i possibly can like there needed to be a cartoon vapor trail behind him
2: yeah like three false steps before he gets <laughs> out
0: Okay, we had uh, Shelton Benjamin backstage with Kathy Kelly when Dominic Mysterio interrupted. He insulted Shelton for being around for a long time, hinting that he might be old. Uh, But then Damien Priest kind of got between Shelton and Dom, and it looked like Damien was pushing to fight Shelton, and Shelton said, I accept your challenge, Dominic. So they went and fought about it, and of course, Shelton had Dom in the ankle lock, Rhea distracted uh, the referee so that Damien could reach in and grab Dom and pull him all the way to ropes for a rope break. Uh, then Shelton took a little timeout to yell at Priest on the outside, which allowed Dom to run him into the ring post, follow a DDT, and hit the frog splash for the win in five minutes. Dominic Mysterio getting another W over another hell of a wrestler in Shelton Benjamin. We had uh, Mia Yim making her, I guess that that was her in-ring return, right? Uh, This was the first time we saw her in the ring in WWE in a while? Yeah. Yeah, so she returns against Tamina, uh, and this was a sub-two-minute match. uh, Eat defeat, the the move that Yim, I guess, inherited from Gail Kim, and uh, Rhea teased coming in to go after Yim after the match and then backed off and headed back up the aisle with Mysterio. And later, Damage Control tried to recruit Mia Yim to join them in war games. Mia said, "Eh, I don't don't really have an an issue with Bianca or Alexa or Asuka, so I think I want to stay out of this. Later on, Io Sky would go up against Dana Brooke. Io would uh, hit a Miura in the corner, follow with the the over-the-moon salt, get the win in less than three and a half minutes. Mia Yim came back out. She's in front of the Tron. And she announced to the rest of Damage Control, which were at ringside, to go along with their buddy EO in the ring, that she rethought it. And she does want to be part of War Games. And then the music hit, and Bianca, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss joined Dana Brooke in front of, no, no, joined Mia Yim in front of the Tron. So that makes it look like Team Bianca is now up to four members going into War Games. Rhea Ripley was approached back. So she walked up to damage control backstage in a future segment, a couple segments later and said, you don't even have to bother looking for another person. If me is on your team, I want. if me is on the other team, Jesus, I want to be on your team. So Rhea Ripley now gets added to team damage control. Team Bianca was backstage with Kathy Kelly. They're not, They don't have any guesses at who the fifth person is going to be, and they're not going to tell you even who they're putting forward. But next week, we are going to get that War Games Advantage match, which will be a one on one. At this time, it doesn't look like it's going to be a ladder match like it's been in NXT a couple of times, but we're going to get Team Damage Control, one representative, and one representative from Team Bianca. John Smith, who do you think will go into War Games with the
2: advantage? Uh, typically, is the heels, and I think since this is the first time that they're doing this on the main roster, you know that they're going to go back to the basics with the war games, and it's going to be the heels having the advantage. I, I don't, I don't have any thought on who the two. I think it's random anyway. It's uh, yeah. who would I want to see? EO versus Asuka you Yes, know? please. That's the match I want to see. That's the match that I want to see. Main event WrestleMania. <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> I'm looking through the list of people on the roster, though, as far as, like, who the fifth person, you know, with with uh, Bianca is. And right. it's really, like, the only people that it looks like are possible are either Candice LeRae, which would not pop the crowd at all. Right. Or Becky Lynch. Is Becky hurt, or is, is she, like, what's going on with her? Yeah,
0: I, I think she broke her collarbone in that match where damage control came down, the, before we knew what they were called, came down the aisle at the end of the match, and she wound up kind of standing next to Bianca after she had just fought Bianca in the match, and I think she broke her collarbone, so I don't know how long the, the recovery is for that or if she's really even uh, a possibility, but I, th- I think you're the first one you went to, I think, unfortunately, you're right. It's not going to pop the crowd, but because they kind of jumped her a couple of weeks ago, and that's why she's been off TV, I'm assuming it's going to be Candice filling that last spot. Uh, But Either way, like you said, uh, it makes sense to have the dirty, nasty heels go in with the advantage. Uh, And we don't know what's going on. Yeah, we don't have the full roster on the men's side yet either. So, yeah, I guess that'll do it for Raw. All right. Now we're going to go to impact and things are going to get interesting because I'm going to jockey around <laughs> some graphics. And this is where the show is going to come to a grinding halt. And I'm going to start screwing up. Uh, let's see. Word. That well. Sounds here, good. Are, here are the overall standings coming into uh, the matches that we're about to pick for uh, Brian Roy way out ahead. Al Carl has jumped over me. I'm in third place. Beavis behind me. John Smith. Gary bringing up the rear for now. Our impact only standings. Same person at the top. And, you know, what are you going to do in the middle? Here is the scoring for Overdrive. Uh, five points for the impact title match, which we have. Three points for all other title matches, which there are several. And one point for the non-title matches with a perfect pay-per-view, if you go Hennig, you get an extra five points. Okay, so last week, we had Steve Macklin pounding on Scott Demore's door. Tommy Dreamer came out in the hallway, told him that uh, Scott's not around, and Macklin is pissed off because he wants a title shot. Dreamer said, Josh already has a new a dance partner for the next pay-per-view, so you're going to have to wait. Macklin is sick of waiting, so Dreamer said, okay, I'll find a match for you. You can fight me so this week on impact we have Steve macklin versus Tommy dreamer in an old school rules match John Smith how do you see this one
2: uh, it's, it's got to be it's got be macklin here you know Tommy's gonna put up a good fight because it's old school rules and he'll use all the weapons and all all that stuff and we'll get the EC dub chance and it'll be fun and then macklin'll do something onto barbed wire or, or a bunch of chairs and get the victory. Yes,
0: yeah, I'm with you. Let's 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 throw a bone to Al for taking the time to do this. I'm going to put the overdrive graphic up there. How about that?
2: Hey, look at that! Isn't that special it's now? It looks like Fast uh, yeah. and Furious. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, like <laughs> that font. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, Macklin's going to beat the holy hell out of Dreamer Dreamer and have his little comeback, but eventually he will wind up losing. Uh, Last week, Bupinder Gujar defeated G-Sharp with that uh, gargoyle spear that he always uses. It was a sub-four-minute match. It had nothing to do with nothing. And speaking of things that have nothing to do with nothing, this week on Impact, we're going to get a four-corners tag match between the Motor City Machine Guns Aussie open the bullet club uh, which I assume will be ace and bay and Raj Singh and Shira for some reason how do you see this one working out John Smith
2: oh Jesus um what a cluster bleep
0: <laughs> and there's not as of right now there's nothing on the line it's not for number one contendership it's just on impactwrestling.com it was these folks are looking for, you know, to get some momentum going into the pay-per-view, which none of them are booked on at the moment. Oh,
2: you're going to hate me. I'm going to need you to read me the names again. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, it's the Machine Guns, yeah.
0: uh, Aussie Open, who have already fought each other, and I think the Machine Guns recently in NJ Strong took the tag titles from Aussie Open. Uh, the Bullet Club, Ace and Bay, and right. Raj Shing okay. and Shirin.
2: Uh, Give me uh, Aussie Open because they're one of my new favorite tag teams.
0: Uh, yeah, you know they're kind of the shiny new toy, so it makes sense uh, to give them a good showing. And maybe there will be some kind of number one contender tag match, uh, some kind of cluster bleep when it comes to the pay per view because I think we've only got six matches at this point, and they're always almost always uh, consistent with nine. So certainly, there's more stuff coming this week. Okay, uh, last week we had Sammy Callahan holding one of Eric Young's minions captive. He was very upset that they ruined the first ever Sammy versus EY match. Uh, So he has a concept for the rematch. And I don't know why they're not saving this one for the pay-per-view, but this week on Impact, we're getting a Death Machine double Jeopardy match. The idea is... It's Sammy. It's Ey. They're gonna beat the hell out of each other, and you cannot attempt. Well, you can attempt, but you're not going to get the win via pin or submission until you have made your opponent bleed. How do you see this one working out?
2: Um, usually, when it's just, when it's Sammy's style of match, you know he's the one that comes out on top. So I'm gonna go with this one, with him on this one. I'm gonna say that he bleeds first, but but Moose gets pinned or loses.
0: It's Eric Young
2: though. Or Eric Young, sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't know why I said Moose. Yeah, I, I didn't have I didn't have a graphic. I, trust me, the graphics are coming. It'll make it a little easier for both of us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> His name is on another screen that I'm looking at. So <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I do that all the time. Yeah. I, I can't even tell you. Uh, all right, so yeah. I... I if this was at the pay-per-view, I would say Sammy would set up this new match and then lose it, but because they're going to waste it on Thursday, no offense. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, Sammy might as well win, and then they'll push the gimmick button again and find something new for them to do at the pay-per-view maybe.
2: Okay, last week – Triple <laughs> <Rebel laughs> Jeopardy. You had to pin the guy, then you have to murder him. <laughs> well, wait –
0: Murder is on the card here. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Last week, we had Taya and uh, Rosemary trying to cheer up Jessica after her first loss. Rosemary thinks she should take out her frustrations on Tasha. Taya thought maybe she should have a drink. Jessica went with option B, and later we saw her run into Alicia backstage, and she had had a few drinks and was headed out to have a few more. Uh, that's going to lead us to this week where Jessica does in fact take on Tasha Steeles one-on-one this Thursday, Jessica, who's sick and Tasha Steel's. John Smith. What do you say? Mm, I'm going to go with
2: Tasha Steele what? Let What's
0: me that add that? the caveat that then at the pay-per-view the next night, jessica and taya the death dolls will defend the tag titles against tasha and savannah so maybe that plays into how you're going to pick
2: okay well i was going to say tasha's been booked pretty strongly so i'm going to go with her and i think that makes sense because i don't think the champs will probably end up losing to them the next day
0: i i am right there on board with you uh yes i think uh Tasha will take it in the one-on-one, but then uh, Savannah can eat the pin for the titles uh, at the pay-per-view. Uh, off of that same segment where Alicia ran into Jessica, she then left Jessica uh, and ran into her husband, Eddie Edwards. She asked Eddie if everything was okay because she had an uneasy feeling that this whole honor no more thing was not quite done yet. Eddie assured her that it was because, after all he murdered PCO and buried him out in the Nevada desert. Well, this led to the return of what I used to call the Marvel post-credits scene where we think impact is over. And then they come back for one little quick segment. Last week, we saw a gloved hand push through the Rocky grave and PCO apparently is still alive, even though he's been in the Nevada desert for a week. So, Look forward for them to probably have an Eddie <laughs> match at overdrive and I'd have us pick it now. Cause we're pretty sure it's going to happen, but you know, they're going to push the gimmick button on this one and that might weigh heavily into who we pick. So we're not going to pick it for now, but just be forewarned. It's probably coming. Okay. Then we're going to here. Well, now we can start with the graphics. Check this out. Now wow. we're going to the, uh, the X division tournament that uh, of course the goddamn <laughs> <laughs> that's Alan you know what, I'm not even gonna take it off that's Alan Angels up in the corner who's already lost uh, so this is how the the brackets look to start Trey Miguel moved on Mike Bailey moved on yes he did uh anywho the one match in this Jesus what am I doing here here we go the one match that we have not seen yet. To get us to the finals is uh, Trey Miguel beat Mike Bailey by DQ. That's where I was trying to go with this. Jesus. Uh, When Kenny King came out and ran Trey into the steps, causing a DQ on Mike Bailey. So Bailey lost the match without really doing anything himself. So, yeah, we're probably going to wind up getting Kenny King and Mike Bailey because Kenny King would say later on in the evening he wants the X-Division title. Hell, he wants the world title, but right now he can only concentrate on Mike Bailey. It's not booked yet, but we'll probably see it. The one match, so we've got Trey in the finals. To find out who is going to be his dance partner, this week we will get PJ Black and Black Taurus, the X-Division tournament semifinal. What say you, sir? No relation, right? Right. Not as, as far,
2: far as, as Tarus, no.
0: I, I haven't checked their paperwork, but I don't believe so.
2: I mean, I love Black Tarus. I think he's like so hardcore, but you know, like, for some reason, he still feels like he's on loan from AAA to me. You know, like in my <laughs> yeah. mind, I know he's a contractor there, whatever, but like it just yeah. feels like, you know, he's he's there to beat people up and then put people over at the same time, kind of mm-hmm. thing, and. Um, I'm going to go with PJ Black to to take this one. Do we have a contract situation on PJ Black? Do you know?
0: I, I cannot find anything about that either. He uh, might have just, he might've been there for literally one day and taped four matches for them to use for the next month and then yeah. headed back to wherever he spends most of his time, presumably Japan. Uh, but I don't honestly know. Okay. So the way this match works out is going to tell me what I feel about the next match we're going to pick because that next match, do we have it here? No, we just have the, we just had the bracket. Okay. So the winner of this black Tarus and PJ black match goes on to face Trey in the finals at overdrive. Like you said, I constantly feel like black Tarus is just here. You know, like I keep waiting for him to leave. If he wins this match, like if, if PJ black wins the match, it's going to be a hell of a match with Trey, but I'm pretty confident Trey will win at overdrive. If Tarus wins the match, then I'm going to start asking myself, Trey's already been an X division champ. Is this finally the moment where Tarus wins a title and feels like part of the impact roster? But I'm going to say that they probably go for the better high-flying match. Not that Tarus doesn't fly, but I I think PJ Black versus Trey would be amazing. So I'm going to go with PJ Black, which says I'm also going to go with Trey winning back the X Division Championship at the tournament. I will throw it back to you, sir. Who do you see winning the title at Overdrive?
2: Um, I I like the thought process of Trey's already won it. So I think that... I think PJ. Black does win this one if even if he's in the match because you know what? He could have been there for two tapings, which means <laughs> he's there for six months exactly. you know, where he could lose this belt or like pretty quickly. um maybe it was just like hey, come come work with us, like uh, win a tournament real quick, then then you gotta lay down to so and so, you know, yeah. and maybe it ends up being Kenny King. Or it, or maybe we get some sort of like X Division uh, or, or uh, what's X, uh, Ultimate X match. I don't know when the next pay per view is, though. But you know, they have they seem to have one of these uh, Saturday things or Friday night things every few weeks. So
0: yeah, yeah. So before, it, like you said, he could have been there a week and taped the next three, literally the almost the next three months of stuff. So he could he could win the title, defend it three times, then lay down and pass it on, and have only worked a week. so okay so you're gonna go with pj black being your new x division champion okay later on in the evening we had mickey james going up against chelsea green uh i was gonna say there's nothing on the line here but every match with mickey has something on the line because the next time she loses she goes home but she was already booked to face taylor wilde at overdrive so you kind of got the feeling she wasn't gonna lose this one well, she didn't as much as Deanna tried to help out. Taylor Wilde came down and neutralized uh Deanna, which allowed eventually Mickey to uh she avoided a missile drop kick by Chelsea, grabbed Chelsea's ankles, flipped to a jackknife cover to cha-ching, score the roll-up win. And then we had a little roll reversal here, just like Mickey James a bunch of uh weeks ago was pissed off and said, I'm going home. We had Chelsea saying the same thing to Deanna. She's, you know, she was leaving the building. Deanna tried to run her down. She uh, Chelsea was all despondent. She said, I'm going home. Well, this one leads us to Mickey James versus Taylor Wilde. This is Mickey's last rodeo. It's at Overdrive. And you know what? I should maybe be, I don't know, use the graphics that we have here. Uh, so yeah, Mickey James, Taylor Wilde, career threatening, last rodeo, whatever you want to call it. John Smith, what say you?
2: You know, ever since this last rodeo started, I feel like a broken record, you know, saying the same things like, yeah, no, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And that's the same way here. I'm not going to go into all the things that are going to happen, but it's going to be much more epic or however you want to describe it when Mickey finally loses during the last rodeo. There you go.
0: I completely agree. Mickey James gets the win and continues to roll on. Uh, We had Bully Ray facing Zicky Dice last week. Uh, Bully watched kind of in amusement as Ziggy and uh, Zicky and Johnny Swinger reenacted the get the tables bit, watched them drag a table into the ring, and then the minute Bully put his hands on Zicky Dice, he hit the Bully bomb for the win in a minute and nine seconds. And while Bully was just kind of hanging out in the ring after enjoying his victory, Moose came in, hit Bully with a low blow uppercut, and then speared him through the table that Zicky and Swinger had left in the corner. This takes us to Bully Ray and Moose at Overdrive in a tables match. John Smith, how do you see this one working out?
2: Yeah, this it's a tables match, and it's Bully Ray, so you know he's got to win his match. Uh, it'll be a pretty good one, but a lot of brutality, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, I got Bully Ray winning this one because he's lined up for a world title shot soon anyway.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. He's holding that uh, call your shot cup trophy, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, keep him strong, I suppose. Uh, Last week, we had a little bit of a oh, my goodness moment when Joe Hendry upset Brian Myers to become your new digital media champion uh Myers and Cardona aren't going to cry about it too bad because they've already got a tag title match coming up they are going to face face Heath and Rhino for those impact tag team championships at overdrive John Smith what do you see happening here
2: I think it's too soon to take them off of off of Rhino and Heath I, I so. feel like this is a logical next uh, next choice for, champion, uh, for tag champs, though. Mm. So, I mean, do they just pull the trigger on it? Typically, they don't have title changes at these. So I'm going to go with the odds here and just say that the champs retain.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Now, like you said, it's, it definitely seems like Cardona and Myers are going to be probably your next tag champs. Maybe they lose here, which sets up some kind of round robin where they have to earn their shot to go back at them again, and then they take them a couple of weeks down the line. I'm going to go with Heath and Rhino retaining as well. And then uh, last week was all about Giselle Shaw, who went around the week before holding uh, the knockouts title and pissing off Jordan Grace. Well, her and her assistant jay J, J, i think his name it's spelled J A I but i think it's just spelled it's just pronounced J jay vidal uh had prepared a video package to celebrate in advance the fact that giselle was clearly going to win the knockouts title that night and the funny thing is the all the footage that they used of people talking about how wonderful giselle was it was all the footage of awesome kong's Hall of Fame induction about people talking about her, and then they just you know, it's like and she was so wonderful, she helped build this division, and then Giselle Shaw is <laughs> it was so terribly done that it made it hilarious, and that just pissed off Jordan Grace all that much more. And she took it, they went 15 and a half minutes almost, but Jordan Grace would eventually hit the grace driver and retain her knockouts championship. But oh my goodness, afterwards, as Jordan was flexing and backing her way up the ramp. Hey, remember that last girl she beat? Masha Slamovich showed up out of nowhere, attacked with a steel chair to the back, then went out and grabbed about a half dozen more chairs so she could drop Jordan with a snowplow onto the chairs on the stage. Obviously, this was going to lead to another knockouts title match for Masha Slamovich, but it has since been upgraded to a last knockout standing match at overdrive and once again there's a goddamn graphic why don't i use it there we go jordan grace masha slamovich last knockout standing for that knockout's title how do you see it working out smith
2: well i had masha beating her last time but then her jordan winning that match kind of solidified her as like this unstoppable, but then at the same time, maybe that's why it's the last woman standing match. That way, you know, she's still be protected by like having, you know, cement dumped on her. Like nobody's getting up from that, you know, like, uh, I, do I double down on Masha? I think, I think so. And I, I said two minutes ago that they don't normally have title changes at these things, but, you know, I'm going to go with Masha because I think she she deserves it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The way they were booking her, I was right with you. And it pains me anytime I uh bet against Jordan Grace. But last time I was on, you know, I thought Masha was going to take it last time. So if you're going to make her like I thought, you know, I thought at that moment, OK, this was her not come up comeuppance because she wasn't dastardly to Jordan. But this was OK. She finally took a loss and now she's going to learn from the loss. And I thought we would see her work her way back up. The fact that they're going right back to this and they're pressing the gimmick button. I, I mean, it, it almost doesn't make sense if you don't do the title change here, which is going to break my heart, but I'm going to go with Masha again. And uh, I think we get a new champ. Word. Okay. Uh, then we had uh, Heath and Rhino backstage talking about the, uh, you know, they're upcoming, they're ready for the major players and their upcoming uh, tag title defense. And then Rhino spotted Josh Alexander, and he just absolutely had to add his name to the list that now is about 117 people long of people who told Josh Alexander what a piece of
2: bleep billy ray a uh, bully ray is. Oh, I thought you were talking about the AEW roster for a second. <laughs> 117 people long. Uh, that's 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 not even uh, dark. <laughs> that's another yeah,
0: it's an <laughs> <understanding>. <laughs> uh, so now this brings us to because that was Josh <laughs> the uh, involvement in the show last week was seeing him backstage, but that brings us to Louisville, Kentucky on Friday night, Overdrive, in the main event, Josh Alexander versus Frankie Kazarian, who cashed in option C for a shot at the Impact World Championship. How do you see this main event turning out?
2: I, I think this is the easiest match to call. There's There's no way Josh Alexander is losing this belt to to Frankie Kazarian especially with all the things that they've been having with the you can't trust bully you can't trust bully where why would they be doing all that if Kazarian was going to win that would be a huge swerve on us so and impact does impact sometimes but I don't think they're going to go full impact on this one
0: yeah yeah I wouldn't bet my life on the fact that Josh is leaving the building with the belt but I think he's going to beat Frankie Kazarian so I'm there with you on that one And I just wanted to mention, uh, as long as we're still in the Impact segment here, that I've been noticing TV ads for Impact during WWE and AEW shows. Now, I'm not sure if this is a totally new thing or if it's just been so long since they last did it that I'd forgotten about it. But either way, I think it's very cool. And I hope that they get some much-needed exposure uh, for their advertising dollar. Because if you're a wrestling fan and you're not watching Impact, you're missing out on a lot of uh, really fun stuff and some excellent wrestling. But I have some free advice that I would like to extend to my cousin, Scott Demore, who runs the ship over there at Impact for all intents and purposes. Back in the height of the Monday Night Wars, sometimes as many as 10 million people would tune in to watch those two big shows that were head-to-head on basic cable. But in today's day and age, where there are exponentially more options for your viewing pleasure... And even though wrestling uh, is in a bit of a boom, it's really thriving, but the viewership numbers are way down. Maybe next year, don't put your pay-per-views, whether they're the $7, $8 Impact Plus specials or those big four that you have that go for, I don't remember what it is, $30 or $40 maybe stop putting those against the only show that still draws two and a half million people, almost always on a weekly basis that's on free TV and you can pull out of the air with bunny ears. <laughs> maybe get off a of Friday nights, please for the sake of your own company impact.
2: And, and you'll know, bring back the Sunday pay-per-view and this goes to all brains, you know, like, People have stuff that they want to do on Friday and Saturday nights, and yeah, sure, you you can make watching the pay per view the, the thing to do for that night. But like, what are you gonna do? No bars show this stuff anymore, you, so you're just gonna have to be at home watching it anyway. So you know, Sunday night, most people are already home. They are all you know. There's people that work weekends that don't work on Sundays. Like Sunday pay per views were were always so perfect. I felt like, especially not during. Football season, but even during football season, you know, unless your team is on Sunday Night Football, you're choosing the pay per view over Sunday Night Football. You know, so bring back the Sunday pay per view. I completely concur, sir. Okay,
0: now we're going to. I'm going to change a graphic here because, after all, Al went through the pain to make sure that we had the graphic. And we went through the pain of watching five hours of AEW. <laughs> Speaking of AEW, these are our AEW uh, specific scoring numbers. Uh, looks a lot like the regular numbers almost, at least at the top there. Uh, Brian Roy still ahead. Al Carr still in the second, myself in third. And we're all kind of bunched up uh, anyway. Behind, after number one, by a long shot, Brian Roy, it, we're all kind of in a car crash there. You're scoring because this is a big full gear pay-per-view. One of their big four, if you will, uh, the zero hour matches of which we don't know any yet will count. Uh, you'll get three points for a non-title match nine for other titles, other than the world title, but 15 points for both the AEW and ROH title. And both of them are on this card. And if you go Hennig, that is a big 15 points in addition. All right, let's see. So going back to last week, uh, we had Ari Davari, who was willing to trade the services of his butler Jeeves for the TNT title. Well, Wardlow wasn't having any of that, but he did give Dvari a shot at the title, which took about a minute and 47 seconds. Powerbomb Symphony had four movements on this particular evening and a foot on his chest for the one, two, three. Wardlow then called out powerhouse Hobbs, telling Hobbs that he plans to take all the titles in this company. Samoa Joe, who had come out with Wardlow, and, you know, they had built up a little bit of a kinship. Ward Joe, as they were going by the their stupid tag team name, apparently he took offense to this because he walloped Wardlow in the back with his ROH TV title and then choked him out. Not sure where we're going with this, whether or not we get the full gear match, or if they save it for the ROH final battle and make it for uh, Joe's title in three and a half weeks. But keep your eye on that. On Dynamite, we had Sanjay Dutt with uh, Lethal and Singh, uh, backstage with Lexi. Uh, Cole Carter, the gentleman who donned the Sting mask, who you also may remember as Two Dimes from the D'Angelo family, uh, he got paid off by Dutt at uh, all. Uh, for helping them out, Dan Housen and best friend showed up, and QT Marshall of the family wound up challenging Cassidy to put his title on the line against Lee Johnson. Cassidy accepted before QT could even finish his sentence and roll it forward. Orange Cassidy on Rampage, I believe, defended it. Jesus, I can't keep things straight with this A- these two AEW shows. Uh, Cassidy would retain the title afterwards uh cole carter again mr two dimes tried to sneak cassidy he ate an orange punch qt marshall thought about getting involved but then the best friends came down so he backed off once again there aren't 37 matches on this full gear card yet so look for possibly a best friends versus the factory match to get worked in at some point oh mother of god rampage we had uh, all right this is the part where i get excited okay death triangle we're backstage with lexi pock who's still holding that uh, timekeeper's hammer tells his cohorts in death triangle that we have to defend these titles by any means necessary later on on that same show i mentioned it last week that we got a little hint towards it house of black had another vignette their kingdom of violence and pain is coming Blah 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 the match between these two at double or nothing was my favorite match of the year by a mile. And I was praying that these two were going to meet in the finals of the trios tournament. Didn't happen obviously, but now there is a chance. We don't know yet. Uh, But keep in mind, we also have started seeing vignettes of the Elite being erased from memory and whatnot. So it seems like they're coming back. And in the last one, they specifically showed the Death Triangle. So maybe they're coming back for their Trios titles. Again, right now, the Trios titles aren't booked for full gear, but they are booked for Dynamite. Death Triangle will be facing Top Flight. Uh, Dante's brother, uh, Darius, is coming back from injury again. And uh, they're joined by A.R. Fox, and I don't watch uh, Elevation or Dark, so I don't know who the hell that is. But this is for the trios titles on Dynamite this week, Death Triangle versus Top Flight and A.R. Fox. John Smith, who do you see coming out with this
2: one? Uh, I mean, I, I wish I had some some more to say about it because you've been talking for quite a while, but I got the Death, death Triangle winning. There's no way they lose the,
0: the titles to these three. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. Whether they get jumped right afterwards and that sets up the full gear thing, or if there's a promo between them and somebody else. But whatever the options are, Death Triangle versus House of Black, or Death Tri- Triangle versus the Elite, I'm really going to enjoy that match. But in terms of this one, welcome back Darius, but you're not getting the trios titles.
2: Obviously. Yeah, as far as House of Black's concerned, I'm just happy to see that they're back. You know, and that like. I mean, it would have been nice to see them over on another show, too. I'm not saying that. It's just nice to see that they're, like, like Ma- Malachi Black was kind of unhappy with his situation there. And the fact that he's back on TV means he's probably happy with whatever situation he's in at this point. So hopefully they, uh, they made things right with him, and we're going to see some good uh, Malachi Black action in the future.
0: Yeah, I think now that, uh, you know, I I think maybe this works its way into it, too. Now that Zelina's back on TV, she has a role. So she's not sitting at home or sitting in catering pissed off and in his ear saying, what are you doing over there? Why aren't you sitting in catering with me? Uh, You know, maybe the two of them can now go and be happy and flourish uh, on different shows as it may be. But, you know, both of them, having them both back on TV is good for the wrestling product in general. Right. Okay, on Rampage, Lee Moriarty was backstage with Lexi. Uh, He commented on the fact that even though he didn't beat Mox in that title eliminator that they had the previous week, it did fill him with confidence, and he wants some kind of gold. And then Hook walked by. No words were exchanged because Hook pretty much doesn't talk. There was a head nod, and it looks like we're going to see an FTW championship match on Raw. How do you see this one working out? Hook defending the FTW title against Lee Moriarty.
2: Taz Sabu, Hook, <laughs> Lee Moriarty. I don't think that's going to be the list that we read in the future for the FTW title. No.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I got uh, Hook retaining, you uh, know, Red Rum a minute and ten, something like that. Okay, getting. Back to, uh, going back to uh, that the little scrum they had there with the best friends and Orange Cassidy and Sanjay and that crew. Uh, at one point, Trent called Sanjay and the crew scumbags and then challenged Jay Lethal to fight him. Well, on Dynamite, they went at it. Jay Lethal beat Trent. Uh, Dan Housen got involved. Uh, he wound up, I think, punching Sanjay Dutt in the yambag uh, <clears throat> to do away with the distraction. Uh, but afterwards, uh, it was a lethal injection, and Jay Lethal got the win. Afterwards, uh, Shivani came out to interview Lethal at the top of the ramp. Sanjay Dutt took the mic, introduced Jeff Jarrett, who came back out. He put over Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Saddam Singh. And he said that he put Darby Allen in a body bag last week and he's going to take care of Sting next. And then he chased the production assistant away with his guitar for trying to tell him to wrap it up because, let's be honest, no one wants to hear Double J talk. Uh, This all leads to full gear, and we're going to pick it. It's Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Sting and Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. What do you think, John?
2: I don't think Jeff Jarrett would have agreed to come back if he was losing his first match, so... I'm going to go with with Jeff, Jarrett, and Jay Lethal on this one. Okay. Uh, I usually don't pick against
0: Sting and Darby Allen because, especially at big events, they don't lose. Uh, I'm sure Sting won't be counting the lights here. You know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to say Sting and Darby Allen win, but Lethal and Garrett and Sing and Dutt and I'll jump them afterwards and beat the hell out of Sting. And then unfortunately it goes where I absolutely don't want to see it go. And maybe we even get a Jarrett versus Sting match, which will make me sick to my stomach Uh, because I don't want to see either one of them wrestle, but I definitely don't want to see them wrestle one-on-one and wrestle each other. Uh, But I'm going to go with Sting and Darby. Okay. What else we have here? Uh, Britt Baker uh, was introduced by Shivani for her face-to-face with Soraya. The two of them, uh, Soraya announced that she's 100% cleared. And uh, AEW is her house now. And this was a really good back and forth between these two women. Uh, it was a really good promo segment where Britt said that she had built the AEW women's division from the ground up. And Saraya can't call it her house because she didn't lay a single brick. Soraya went into her history, her public humiliation, her struggles with drug addiction from uh, pain relievers and her 17 years as a pro. And the bad news for Britt was... The match is booked. They are going to go uh, face-to-face, one-on-one, at the pay-per-view in the please, dear God, just let Soraya get out of this match, healthy match of the evening. John Smith, how do you see it?
2: Uh, Is this Soraya's first action in AEW?
0: Yeah, it's the first. uh, As far as we know, she's just been medically cleared, so this is the first even attempt
2: Okay, well, in that case, uh, I'm gonna say the same thing as I did with Jeff Jarrett. Like, he uh, she didn't come back just to lose her first match, you know. Uh, as much as Britt Baker is like the face of the women's division, there, she's kind of taking a back seat to the whole Tony Storm and Jade Cargill situation. Situations they're not uh, in one situation, uh, so yeah, I gotta go with Soraya here. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. This, this is probably the easiest one on the card to pick for me because like you said, all the anticipation, there's no way in hell. Soraya doesn't, Soraya, Soraya, whatever. Soraya, I'm sorry. Soraya doesn't win here. So yeah, I have her going over the good doctor at full gear on rampage. Christian cage and Luchasaurus were in the ring when they were joined by jungle boy, Jack Perry. Jack wants Luchasaurus at full gear inside of a steel cage. Christian accepts on Luchasaurus's behalf. Uh, Christian immediately starts going after Jack's family again. Jack grabs Christian by the throat, but Luchasaurus then goozles Jungle Boy and choke slams him onto a chair. It looked pretty painful, but what it's leading up to is a steel cage match Jungle Jack versus Luchasaurus. And in theory, the cage keeps Christian out of the action.
2: But then uh, his last name is Cage, so hmm. they're they're related. So the cage is going to let him in at some point.
0: <laughs> You're probably right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm going to go with with Jungle Boy though. Here he's been he's been the, you know taking a beating for quite a while, and I think this is finally the payoff where he gets to beat Luchasaurus and maybe even move on and have like a real feud with somebody that isn't involved with, you know, Jurassic express. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think maybe even the st-
0: now, AEW sometimes think does things differently. So I'm not entirely sure if this is just a cage to keep them in and they have to beat each other inside the cage, or if you also can escape, I'm kind of thinking it probably is escape so he can run Luchasaurus into the cage a couple times. And once he has him down, he can probably escape. And that's how he wins. Therefore, Luchasaurus doesn't have to uh, eat a pin from someone literally half his size. And Jungle Jack can still get his victory. So, yes, I'm going to go uh, with Jungle Boy as well. Uh, moving on, on Rampage, Nyla Rose held an open challenge for the belt that she doesn't technically own uh she faced miss kayla sparks and she used jade's pump kick and jaded finisher to get the win in 42 whole seconds uh jade then raced down to the ring she pump kicked nyla in the chest or face and nyla went rolling right out of the ring security then jumped on jade to keep the two of them apart And Nyla was again able to escape with Jade's TBS championship belt. Well, there will be no more running because these two are going to get it on at full gear. uh, One-on-one, Jade is your champion. Nyla is physically in possession of the belt. The TBS championship is on the line. How do you see it working out, John Smith?
2: Uh, jade stays undefeated you know i i think eventually she ends up winning the world title while still undefeated with the, while holding that tbs championship it's it feels like that's what they've been building towards this whole time so I, I don't see her ever losing that thing until she either absorbs it into the next title she wins or you know gives it up keith lee yeah. style
0: All right. Well, I 100% agree with you that Jade is taking the belt back here in this situation Uh, and how much longer she remains undefeated. I don't know, but she, the good thing is she started out, she was kind of abysmal. She's getting better and better. So, you know, they put that title on her. She still was kind of not great. She gets better and better. And now I don't mind seeing her have a title at all. I I actually, you know, to some degree enjoy some of her matches so uh like you said she's gonna keep rolling uh so yeah give me jade also retaining i am in agreement with you sir okay now we get to the eliminator tournament which i don't know if somebody got hurt or they just ran out of time but it is a mess so i'm gonna try and run through it and make it make as much sense as possible last week on dynamite ethan page beat eddie kingston in an opening round match Roosh had held a little get together with dark order where he explained that he was going to win the eliminator tournament and he was going to win the world title. And then he would give Preston Vance the first shot at the title. I guess this was meant to make sure that Vance had a vested interest. So he would maybe help him win. Although they've gone back and forth a dozen times and Vance apparently wants nothing to do with them. Well, It wasn't Preston Vance from the Dark Order that came to ringside, but it was Johnny Hungy who got involved, caused a distraction, and allowed Bandito to beat Roosh with a roll-up. So, we are... all right. That's the original graphic for you, but through the awesome power of Microsoft Paint. Moving on so far, we have had Ethan Page beating Kenny Kingston, Bandito beating Roosh... Brian Cage beat Dante Martin. We were supposed to get to the Lance Archer and Ricky Starks up in the top right corner there. And Lance Archer, when we went backstage to hear Ricky Starks talk to Marvez, uh, Ricky Starks was getting his ass kicked by Lance Archer. And then that match didn't take place on Rampage like it was supposed to. So because we're in a time crunch here, I'm assuming we are going to get this one. uh, If they're smart, it'll kick off Dynamite. So let's pick it between the two of us here. Lance Archer and Ricky Starks, the last round one match in the full gear eliminator tournament. How do you see it, John?
2: I'm going to go with Ricky Starks here. So then we can get uh, him versus Brian Cage, who were former uh, partners or teammates or whatever you want to call it. With What was the name of their uh, team, Taz. team? Oh yeah. It was just team Taz. Yeah.
0: OK, uh, yes, I agree with you. Ricky Stark should move on here. Uh, then there's there's a whole bunch of uh yeah, They, they got more stuff to get to if they're just going to have one match at the pay-per-view, which we don't entirely know just yet. We know the finals is going to take place, uh, but we're going to get the semifinal. Do I have a graphic for this one? There we go. Uh, Ethan Page and Bandito in the first of the round two matches will uh, be going head to head on Dynamite. So hopefully the first round will be over before these two start the second. Who do you have, John Smith, between Bandito and Ethan Page?
2: I got Ethan Page winning this one. Um, Do you know when they're doing the other semifinal match? Are they going to do that? What, Rampage maybe? Uh,
0: I have them written down here as presumably on Rampage because otherwise you run out of
2: uh, right.
0: You run out of time, so yeah. So assuming that you get to the the Archer Starks match on Dynamite, then you can have that winner take on Brian Cage on uh, Rampage. Yeah, gotcha. and that is what we're going to pick next because even though it's not booked, it kind of has to happen. <clears throat> Uh, so you, we both had Starks moving on. So Starks versus Brian Cage in the semifinal of the Eliminator. What do
2: you got? I'm going to go with Brian Cage. Um, I don't think Ricky Starks is quite ready for that world championship uh, opportunity. And I only say that because I'm picking – uh because I don't think Ethan Page – is there yet either so that's why i think brian cage is going to win this whole thing um i mean Ethan page in my mind is there but i don't think they think that he's there yet i think he's still like upper mid card to them so i'm gonna go with brian cage winning it all
0: all right i i see what you're saying there okay i'm gonna go the other way i'm gonna have starks uh beating cage because it you know the whole Him and Hobbs thing. He came out on top of it, even though Hobbs is moving on and probably going to get Wardlow at some point and a shout-out to TNT title. I think Starks versus Ethan Page will be your finals. And you had... Who'd you say? You had Brian Cage winning it all? Yeah. Okay, so you got Brian Cage winning at uh, Full Gear and moving on to the title match, which will be at Winter is Coming. And uh, I have... Ethan Page taking the whole thing, and I'll get to the reasons why in a couple of picks away here. Uh, but we're running out of time, so let's move along. Uh, the Acclaimed teamed up with FTR to beat Swerve in Our Glory and the Gun Club. Uh, the Acclaimed will release their new music video this week. Oh boy. But more importantly, what that gets us to is The Acclaimed defending the tag titles one more time against former champs, Swerve in Our Glory. How do you see this one working out, sir?
2: Uh, I got the, the the champs retaining here. I don't think it's much more than, you know, Swerving Our Glory has been champs already, plus there's a little bit of dissension, it seems, between the two of them. They don't seem to be on the same page, at least, you know?
0: yeah i absolutely agree with you in fact i think this is probably where like literally the last couple of times they've been in each other's presence it seems like they're not even speaking so uh i see this probably where they uh break down completely and wind up probably fighting with one another going forward okay last week on dynamite jamie hater beats sky blue uh with ripcord lariat she put the boots to her afterwards with which brought out her future uh, foe, Tony Storm. But Hayter rolled out, wanting nothing to do with that confrontation for now. For some god-unknown reason, Tony Storm is facing the Bunny in an Eliminator match this week on Dynamite. If Tony Storm loses, Bunny will be the first person to get a title shot after Full Gear. But rolling into Full Gear it is Tony storm and Jamie hater, whether Tony wins or loses against the bunny, but come on. Uh, so let's pick them both. Tony versus the bunny on dynamite. And then Tony versus hater for the title. What do you say, John?
2: Um, they explicitly come out and say that the bunny would have the next shot. If she won. Yep. Well, then, then maybe she does win, but by like, you know, because Jamie hater or somebody else gets involved. So I'm going to go with that, but then I'm going to go with Tony Storm beating Jamie Hayter, because um, I think we're ultimately not getting the belt off her until Thunder Rose is back and we have them to go at it.
0: Yeah. I'm for, like, I would love to see – the way the crowd has been behind Hater, I would love to see Hater take the title here. But just like you said, I, I, it, 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 I hate to see an interim title change hands. So until we get word on uh, – Thunder Rosa. I don't see Tony losing uh, in terms of the, the match with the bunny. You're probably right. Uh, thank God we're not picking that one for points, uh, but I don't know why you, even if it is because Hater does something uh, underhanded, I don't know why you would do that leading into the pay-per-view and not keep your champion strong, but uh, maybe it's to make it such a big comeback when she beats Hater at the pay-per-view, but I'm gonna go with Tony taking both of these matches because the one that I'm unsure on isn't for points. So, uh, okay, that leads us to, Jesus, we still got three more freaking matches to pick. Uh, okay, so last week, Brian Danielson uh, went against Sammy Guevara in a two out of three falls match. I'd love to get into that if we weren't up against the clock, but uh, that's going to lead to Claudio Castagnoli backstage talking to Jake Hager, who reminded him that while he was a great wrestler, he's an even better sports entertainer, so think about that. That takes us to Dynamite. Claudio and Brian Danielson, both of the Blackpool Combat Club, will take on Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in a tag team match that means absolutely nothing except for the fact that all four of them will then, at the pay-per-view, be fighting for the Ring of Honor world title. So let's pick them both, John. On uh, Dynamite, you got Claudio and Danielson versus Jericho and Guevara. And then who do you got walking away with the Ring of Honor title at Full Gear?
2: Um, maybe Jericho and Guevara, because um, I don't think either one of them is going to win on uh, at the pay per view. I got I got Brian Danielson winning this one. Uh, Claudio's already had it. Um, Sammy Guevara I don't think should have it, so I'm going with Daniel Bryan. Yes, yes, okay. yes. <laughs>
0: I wish I could uh, make a good argument another way, but I I see it exactly the same way. I see uh, uh, Jericho and Sammy will win by some kind of nefarious means and maybe even make uh, Claudio and Danielson (sighs) kind of look at each other funny about the way it ended. And then we'll go into the title match and I see Brian Danielson coming out with that Ring of Honor title to finally end the Ring of Jericho era. Okay, MJF, uh, That we saw some footage last week on Dynamite of him on a podcast talking about how he's totally focused on John Moxley, and uh, he, although he respects Moxley, Mox was not born for this business like MJF was. He's tired of waiting for the spotlight. At Full Gear, he's taking it, and the devil will get his due. We also saw a promo by Stokely Hathaway, who says that he always thought when his best friend, MJF, Apparently those two are best friends. Uh, when he his best friend finally went for a world title, he thought for sure he would be standing by his side. But MJF forgot where he's from. So win, lose, or draw, he'll see MJF in hell. Uh, this led to Moxley talking about how... Uh, it, mjf kind of sort of reminds him of himself when he was dumb enough to go up against william regal who tortured him and beat the hell out of him before taking him under his wing and he's going to find out exactly what's in mjf's guts at full gear because it's for the world title john moxley and mjf how do you see it working out
2: john smith I don't. I feel like, I feel like they everybody just expects MJF to win this, so he's gonna win. Like, I I got, I got Moxley, I got Moxley winning this one. Um, not saying that MJF isn't the next champ in line. I mean, he wins at next pay per view or whatever. But, I mean, Moxley is now a three time champ, and you know his one reign was so short. And are you gonna make this one? Almost. As sh- I mean, the other one was like a week, but like this isn't very long of a reign. It's been what, like a month and a half, maybe.
0: Yeah, something like that. Two months
2: tops. And how many defenses? Maybe one or two. Like, I, I'm just gonna. I, I got to go with Moxley here. He's the real face of the company. He's the real workhorse of the company. And you know, m- maybe MJF will have to enlist Wardlow's services again to try to get that belt time. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go
0: the other way and I I honestly completely agree with you. Mox has saved this company's ass twice now. Uh and, ca- and ca- you know, carried the company when he was the champion, then he stepped up when they needed someone to fill in and he's, you know, made himself a be- he's a belie- was a believable interim champion and he's a believable champion again. He's a badass, he puts on great matches. But I <laughs> I'm worried that they're going to make the stupid decision that first of all, Mox was due to take a vacation two months ago when they had to push him into service again and put the title back on him. And kind of, it's one of those things where kind of, we all know MJF's going to be the champion at some point he's gone out of his, and this is where I'm a little in between. He's gone out of his way to, to, he's almost making a face turn here, getting away from the, the group of guys that were, the firm that was helping him cheat and win. And I don't want you to cheat. I want to do it all on my own, but he is the devil. So I think maybe they're going to be there for him when it comes right down to it and help him cheat to win. And then the other half of it is, I think, no, that's not going to be the case. That's why I'm picking Ethan page to win the eliminator. Because Ethan is aligned with Stokely Hathaway, who just said he's going to see MJF in hell. And if Mox is immediately going on a vacation after he, if and when he loses, and then he's not going to be there for that stereotypical, I'll give it one more, you know, I get my rematch one more try, put the guy over. If he's going to go immediately go take Renee and go off to the islands for a month or so, you can jump right into the storyline with MJF and Stokely Hathaway and by extension, Ethan Page. So I'm going to go, I'm, there's still two more shows to make me change my mind. Something could happen that makes me go, oh, okay, now I see how they're going to do it. But st- as we stand right now, I'm going with MJF and uh, Ethan Page will probably be his, if not his first, his second uh, opponent. Okay, that's it. Full, glee- full gear is on Saturday the 19th from Newark. The winner of the Eliminator tournament is getting a shot December 14th. That winter is coming. Before that, uh, some of the matches that involve Ring of Honor titles might lead to the final battle pay per view on December the 10th. We are done for the show today. Let's go to where's our rock music? Seriously? There it is. all right uh okay here are the raw roll-ups for the week this was yeah last week we had mickey james bandito and chad gable that keeps uh aw's lead at four overall but more importantly it puts chad gable on the leaderboard with four there he's tied in third place with a whole bunch of folks and Miz stays atop the loser board where I enjoy seeing him. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, the, let's go to the. we got to pay the bills now. The primetime rundown is back in its usual day and time. Join Joey Jerzenka, Ian Schreyer, and Mike Zabo as they return to Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time with everything you need to know in the sports world. <laughs> Uh, You know what, let's take a peek at how we did in the survivor pool. We actually had a decent week for a change, uh, except Tyler who didn't bother to get a pick in. And we gained a little bit of ground, although we're still five behind in the win column. Moving along, do you have an interest in becoming a sports reporter? Do you want to be asking high-profile coaches and players questions in person? Are you a college student looking to break into the sports media industry and looking to write about your favorite team? The Eastern Observer is looking for interested candidates to join the family for college credit. Look no further aspiring writers, social media specialists, content creators, etc. You, uh, you can inquire excuse me, by emailing eosports3 at gmail.com. We're looking forward to having you join the Eastern Observer family. Black Cats NYC, they are the official band of the Eastern Observer. And wherever you get your music, you can get their album, Free Cake. It's out now. Play loud. As always, the Essential Wrestling Podcast is sponsored by Pro Wrestling Pick'em, the internet leader in sports entertainment pick'em pools. Join us in the EWP public pool, play against us, or create a private pool and play with you and your friends. PWP.com, play against your friends, play against the universe, and you know
2: how the rest of that goes. Back in time, that was probably the longest piss of my life. (laughs) Uh, That's going to do
0: it for us. Uh, but we will be back here again next week with episode 127 at 5 p.m. on all our viewing options, however you're hearing or watching right now, you can come right on back and join us again next week. While you're here watching and listening, please make sure you like this episode and subscribe to the Eastern Observer to make sure you get updates on all our shows and news articles. As Aloe says, it's all about the algorithm. That's gonna do it for us, John Smith. Uh, is there anything we missed? Or any parting words in general you want to give?
2: No, I got a pretty good back cramp going on right now. Oh, I, <laughs> I twisted myself trying to get back to like, I was, like running through the house, you know, like, trying to be as nimble as I was as a teen. Didn't really want to be, gone be gone for too long, but it was literally like the longest pee I've ever taken because I was holding it in since hour one. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm sorry I babbled so long that I almost ruptured your bladder
2: (laughs) no it's (laughs) fine man it's my own fault I could have just gotten up and left for a minute but like
0: (laughs) (laughs) alright okay Alexa Bliss we love you Larry Steve always in our hearts Uh, yeah and we're not doing the whole Zaya Brookside thing anymore so I guess that brings us to this thanks for joining us and as always we wish you the best in all your future Mm -hmm. endeavors
2: Peace.
0: Oh, this hurts so bad.